You're listening to Beyond the Jargon, a jargon-free look at graduate students and their research journeys here at the University of Victoria. From CFUV 101.9 FM, I'm your host, Maureen Chow. Today I'm here with Evie. Evie, tell us who you are and what you do here at UVic. So my name is Evie or Evelyn Sorochin Rulin. I'm a master's student. I've just graduated with my master's in fine art and I'm exploring um, sort of combining different mediums, painting, 2D, 3D, and space. And what are some of, or what were some of the highlights of your degree? What made you want to come here? Well, when I was looking at universities, it came down to sort of looking at the reputation of the school, the profs, location, and um, yeah, just sort of exploring and seeing what was the best and that what really drew me here was the professors you really want to work with people who you can like correlate your work to theirs and sort of find links and relationships and UVic was where there was the most sort of connections for me there were over five profs that I thought would really understand where I was coming from and what I was working towards can you mention some names or yeah. some of the work that they did? So Robert Eudes was my advisor, and he works with light um, sculpture, painting. But if you ask him, he would probably say that when people ask him what medium he works in, he always says he's still trying to figure that out because he doesn't really like to classify it, similar to what I do, because our work sort of goes between different mediums like sculpture and painting and uh, photography, drawing, etc. Um, so Robert Eudes, uh, Jennifer Stilwell, Daniel Laskarin. Um, I worked with Sandra Mead. She was Meigs. She was on my panel. Megan Dickey. And uh, there's just so many great profs there. And you mentioned at your defense. Tell us about your thesis and your final project. Um, well, so for the defense, uh, the oral defense is an exam that takes place. You put up an exhibition and you have a panel of five who sort of look at your work and can sort of poke and prod and ask questions into your thesis and all of your colleagues attend. And it's really nice because they get to physically be in the room where you have all of your work. Before I came to UVic, I had two different practices. Um, I had a painting and drawing practice, and my painting practice was, I would abstract a figure in space, usually in a corner of a room or in front of a geometric form. And then I would have elements, say, from the room intersecting into the figure and sort of exploring this pictorial space, gesture, tension, and mark-making. And in my drawing practice, I was really exploring materials and material investigation. I would have giant sheets of 
drywall where I would carve them out and I would leave shavings on the ground and I was exploring theatricality like temporality and what that means in art if you have work that is not meant to last and sort of investigating material behaviors and it was completely rooted in action and process so when I came here I tried to sort of meld them together and I started thinking about how I could make paintings in space or if paintings have to be two-dimensional like could they be three-dimensional or double-sided or what is a side could it have multiple sides etc and I just sort of all uh, tumbled on from there where I would use all of these supports like drywall two by fours metal studs and uh, all of these things that are supports where I would sort of work into them and sort of have them they would always speak to the architecture of the space. Everything was very site-specific, so it was integral to the work. And I would use supports because it sort of is a way to go beyond as sort of a metaphor, like within society. This is beyond the jargon. So yeah. <laughs> okay, let's say in society, they're all like these rules in place that are supposed to help people. And I think as society progresses, these rules should change, but there, if you look at things now, there's a lot of things that haven't evolved at all, and it's a disadvantage to people. So with my work, I'm sort of bending and working into the supports that will support me the way that I think works best or suits me best. In your project, you have some words of description listed. Some of them are action, gesture, tension, body, texture, labor, anthropomorphic, itchy these are just a couple yeah can you speak a little bit about that and how this relates to your work um sure so um in the summer you get your own studio a classroom actually and it's really great to have the scale so I started making a material wall and making lists of these materials or what I was thinking about while I was working so some of them would be action, gesture, space, et cetera, and going on, and I would do this for every project. And so for my thesis, you have to write a, a brief description sort of with your poster, and I just sort of wrote a list about my exhibition, which I would usually do for all of these pieces. And I just write them every time. It's almost, sometimes they can be really long, and sometimes they can be a short, like little rules almost that you follow, because when, my work is really physical and really labor intensive, so you can kind of get lost in it and it becomes very meditative where everything else sort of falls away. So I might overwork a piece or so it's nice once in a while to have like this list pinned up somewhere that I can sort of view and then sort of be like, oh, yeah, and sort of go back into what I originally attended. How do those words affect the specific materials that you choose? I think sometimes, I, not, I never go out, when I'm looking for materials, it's not something I have like pre-planned, it's more instinctual or a sort of curiosity that sort of pokes at me and I just want to explore it or I might have been working with some sort of process beforehand and seen this material and thought, what if? Or it just gets sort of like, if kind of like 
if you see something and you keep thinking about it and you always wish you sort of worked with it, that it's more of a curiosity that I can't really, an itch I need to scratch. Is there, in terms of the theme of ruins, how does this relate to the other words that you chose and how do you apply this into your projects? With ruins, um, ruins kind of imply forgottenness or um, abandonment, um, decay, sort of breaking down. And I guess through the way of breaking down, it can apply, but I'll speak to it more through foundation. So through my work, there is usually a struggle that takes place or an event that these pieces have come through. And um, I always ask uh, viewers, they'll ask me about the work and I'll say to them, like, do you see this work as just standing or falling down? Because everyone always has their completely like different lens of the world, but that question sort of speaks to so much on how they see things, which I hope extends beyond the gallery space and sort of into the real world. And I would say that like my work is more hopeful and looking forward to what is to come. I usually use materials that fall under uh, the general umbrella of industrial materials. Um, I like working with things that can be more difficult for me. I need the challenge. And I always have to have a lot of curiosity about it. Usually that's when it's unfamiliar or difficult to work with. And I find when I work in traditional confines of materials, I find it really limiting. Um, I like sort of painting with materials almost, like sort of have manipulating or sort of exploring a material to the point where it still references what it was, but it can be read in this completely new way or its meaning can sort of be changed and it can be expanded. And when I dematerialize something, it's that's a way to sort of change it and it becomes more of a visual language almost. So. I, yeah, painting with materials. So what would you call your work? Are they pieces? Are they sculptures? Are mm -hmm. they still paintings? None of the above? I don't, I'm not sure. At first I used to sort of call them installations, but I don't know if it's, that's also kind of a limiting term. A lot of people um, in contemporary art call works that are more than one medium hybrids, but I don't know, for a while I sort of called them in-betweens, in where they're in-between materials, in-between mediums, where they're like strong and fragile and 2D, 3D, and uh, can sort of be in flux. And it's something, I've, I'll think of something, a different word that I can use eventually, but I'm still thinking on it. How did you get to the point with these works? Did you always just draw and paint as a child? I'm guessing you did. <laughs> um, um, but from the very beginning, can you walk us through? Uh, yeah. Well, both of my parents actually met in art school um, at Guelph. And I so I grew up with parents who were really interested in going to art galleries. At the time, like, when you're really small, that doesn't really seem like a lot of fun when you're looking at paintings of bowls of fruit. And I first started really getting into, interested in art when I saw 
this massive Renaissance painting where the figures were to scale of me or larger. And I felt that it was completely immersive. And my, I remember in high school, I really wanted to sort of think about where I wanted to go and what path I wanted to go down. And I told my mom, I was told her that I was interested in doing art and she sort of looked at me and she was like, if you can do anything else, do that. And I, because she was like, it's so hard. It's such a competitive field. And even people who are successful, it doesn't mean that they're going to be making a lot of money. And my dad sort of sat me down and he was like, what do you want in like 10 years from now when you're gone through university? Do you want a career that will be able to get you a house, be able to, do you want to have kids? Do you want to have a wedding? Do you want like these things? Or would you rather work in a career that you're really um, interested in and happy in, but it might take you a lot longer to get to have these things? And I said that I would rather work in a career that I was excited about and that's sort of how it all started. Well, this has come up before with other fine arts graduate students here in Beyond the Jargon. I'm wondering about the structure of art school. Like, what is it to do a master's in fine arts? Well, when you're an undergrad, you pretty much learn all of the techniques and sort of start exploring in your couple of final years, like, things on your own, and then... I took a year and a half off of school so I could sort of understand like what it is like to be out on your own. And um, I had, since I had two very like different practices, I wanted them to feed in, into one each other, propel the other forward. And I really needed that time to sort of go through that. And there was no way that I could get there unless I had a large amount of time in the studio. like a couple of years and a master's program is two years long and UVic offers a very studio intensive program and you have so many visiting artists the program has coming in that are in different fields of art that can really speak to um, a lot of different people in the program who excel in different areas which is great. They have an artist talk. They talk for an hour, then there's questions. The next day in our graduate class, we meet them and get to ask them our questions, and then they have studio visits with them. And it doesn't really matter how, what area they're from. It's always really good when you have someone outside of your practice. So you have to take a step back and sort of look at what you're doing. And there's always have sort of this outside advice or opinions that's really helpful there's always sometimes there's really nice unexpected things that you might not have sort of broached or thought about from that perspective before but it's really interesting to just work with the professors and being able to see their work if you're a professor in a master's program like one of the things that is expected is that you're continuously showing your work so a lot of my profs while I was there I got to see their exhibitions in Victoria um, Robert Ude's work I actually saw before in Toronto before I came into the program I was familiar with their work because I had seen it and I was a from Ontario across the country so it's really 
exciting when you get to work with someone who's still showing all all over the place and an experienced artist and then having even more artists come in and the studio time is so crucial that you just get on your own just to sort of hone in and refine your work. So you've been recognized a lot with scholarships and such. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sure you're doing something right. But I'm noticing that you also taught Art 103 Foundation in painting and drawing. So you took on some undergrads. What was yeah. that like? Um, actually, I think that's one of another draw for the program. Like a lot of grad programs don't offer teaching assistantships. And I was offered three and um, an instructing position where I got to make up all of the course content. Um, it is a more contemporary-based program, so they just asked that I was just told to try and like help them get started or looking at art in a, with a contemporary lens. So it was really exciting, actually. Um, I used to be very nervous public speaker. My voice used to always shake whenever I was public speaking, and that really helped with that. And my students were just like, um, they were all really great. I was really lucky with the group that I got. And we had even, for example, one class that we had, usually in art school, you have to draw a nude model. So I had a, a nude model come in and um, instead of drawing with regular tools, I went out and got a lot of sticks and I had sort of sharpened some of the ends and left some unsharpened and they all had ink and sort of had to like scratch away these gestures on their paper where it just from, it could look like just random marks, but eventually you could sort of see some form. It would almost look like something in movement and the model was always moving and it was, it was just really great. I think it was a, just a way to sort of get them to relax, especially their first time. Um, everyone's very tense, so it was really like they were just having a great time, and they actually made some really beautiful drawings that were had, like, ink splattered and sort of just you could feel the hand of the artist in the work. It was really great. I had one uh, student who actually... While she was drawing, she was getting so into it with her stick, she kind of, like, whacked me with it by accident. <laughs> and she was, like, because they're usually about a foot or two long. Where that's how long the sticks were. Um, just to try and get them out of the idea of focusing what they were doing. And all of the ones at the beginning where I said, like, don't worry about it. Like, well, these ones are just practice. Those ones all turned out to be the best ones because they weren't thinking so much about what they were doing almost. And within academia, there's certain fields where it's a lot easier to give, I guess, like a grade or to assess how mm -hmm. good or bad something is. Mm -hmm. And I'm understanding that, of course, like any fine art, it works a little bit differently. It's mm -hmm. more subjective. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on fine arts within academia? Well, if we're sort of talking about marking... Um, you can still sort of base everything off of, like I base everything off of the UVic rubric, but so much comes down to, the, it's, 
really all about like the work that you put in and the time that you put in like you can tell the students who did work the night before students who had been like working at it again and again and again until they were able to get there and I feel like that's almost something that comes across in every field like it's the work that you put in is like if you only do it the night before you're usually your prof is going to be able to tell <laughs> like you're not going to do as well and and you see them like in art we have a lot of in class times where they will work on their assignments and I'll sort of speak to them as they go through it and try and like help sort of tease certain things and I can see like how they're progressing so I can really it's easy to see the people who are really putting in the time and are there every day and like really working at it. And with your own work I'm wondering when you're going from kind of like the 2D that you had going on before mm -hmm. and then kind of moving into pieces that move out mm -hmm. how did that change did you feel like every time you made something it was a little bit better than the last or yeah um well like that's one thing I really I was I feel like I was trying to progress my work so quickly because I I it's I don't know I feel like you're always your worst critic I could see everything that it wasn't and where I wanted to be so every work that I made I saw it more as an exploration and that's sort of how all of I have all of this piece called the touchline and that's where I have all of these sort of experiments that speak to the process and sort of just I would make them before the larger works and that would sort of help me work through everything like I would see those as more as visual notations or almost like a sketchbook than finished pieces they're almost like little gestures that I think about or something that will I, yeah they're almost like little notes for me that help me work through and get ideas for larger pieces and I never actually used to do that beforehand when I had two different practices but it really helps to sort of meld everything together and have them work into each other because they're they feel very painterly and but there's so much about process in it and um they're very I'm trying to think of the right word I'm <clears throat> not like vulnerable but they they're on a scale that you can relate to more and it feels more intimate yes intimate compared to my larger works are usually as big as a person or like the size of a bed or correlate to your torso more. Um, so I have like more of these visual notations that are very small, intimate gestures almost. What are artist talks? Artist talks, um, sorry, uh, artist talks are when you have a visiting artist who gives usually around an hour-long presentation on their body of work and what they're making and all of their pieces. And they sort of just talk about their work and at the end there's time for questions. So. And I know that you gave one somewhat yeah, recently. <laughs> yeah, I um, gave, uh, that's one nice thing also, um, how supportive the faculty is at UVic. I TA'd for Laura Denton and in her art history class, I gave an um, uh, artist talk on the body. They go sort of themes uh, through themes in art, like body, time, um, 
etc. And I gave my talk on the body, which was really interesting because um, especially it was almost, it was maybe four months before my defense. And it was really interesting to think about my work in terms of body, which because I was making works with all of these different materials, it really came back to all of these reasons why I started making paintings. And there were ways that it came through in my material practice, sort of ways that I didn't think about, like the scale we were sort of discussing, like in terms of like making works that's the size of a bed or your torso or that correlates to my arm span. Like I actually didn't really realize how anthropomorphic or uh, drywall is or how much I relate it back to the body. Like drywall is like gypsum that's like encased in this sort of paper that's like a skin almost and it has like this sort of dusty um, that dust that can spill out like the body as well and um, I just always keep coming back to it and the way that it can sort of capture marks almost like scars and sort of going through that with the class and sort of notions of struggle and working through that with the material and my work sort of being a process of experiences and sort of um, maybe a understanding or confusion of the world that everyone sort of experiences. And I think that's why people can connect to my work because everyone goes through struggles, whether it's big or small. It's something that everyone can relate to on some sort of scale. And that's something that I work through in my pieces. At what point did you decide that this is what you wanted to do for the project, for the defense? In my year, let's, let me see. Okay, so we had our summer. That was our summer semester. All We had our classroom all to ourselves, And then when that, and I used that summer to experiment as much as I could. And then September sort of a, happened. And our defense is usually there at the end of May and this was the first year that they wanted to start them in February. So when September came, I sort of realized that I had to have a really good idea what I was going to do by December. Otherwise, I don't, it wouldn't work out. I wanted it to have a really good understanding of the exhibition that I was going to put through and something that I was thinking about sort of for months before it was up. So probably I was thinking about it from December and I for that uh, in September I was thinking about my exam in December and that was sort of the first trial run of a version of the exhibition that I want to make because for your exams like your or your midterms you pretty much put on an exhibition and your committee meeting which is three profs um, will sort of critique your work and you discuss it and that was sort of like a trial run so I got to do that one for my exam and then I had another midterm two weeks before my defense and then I had my defense so it was like the last year was a lot it was very intensive. Final few questions for you in the end do you think that what you did with the defense is something that you're always going to refer back to is it something does it have like I'm sure it must mean a lot to you but do you think that this is something that you'll come back to do you mean like the work that I made for that 
for the work that you made for it and I guess also the experience of it as well well I feel like the defense is it's so I feel like you build up so much stress to go to that I feel like now that I did that I can almost do anything because it was very intimidating like you're sort of sharing all of your thoughts and ideas in front of all of your colleagues and all of the profs anyone can go even like some of my students could go I saw some undergrads that were there as well but like once you go through that you can sort of go into any scenario I don't know so much is about how you hold yourself but I feel like in my work I always am searching I I think a lot of some issues that I've seen with artists today they their work is a question that can be answered and then they strive to answer that question then one day they do and they can't they think what now and then they completely change their body of work whereas I have more of a question that isn't really answered but can always be approached in so many different ways I'm always searching there's never a really true answer so I feel like it's always just something I'm going to be working at. And for the future, what's the plan? I mean, I know it's a huge <laughs> question, but yeah. in terms of art, now that it won't be connected to school? I, well, I've, a lot of my other fellow grad students were showing while they were in doing their master's, and I just wanted to sort of hone in on my practice, so I've been working at this now for like over two years I'm really ready to show my work and share my ideas I haven't really been seeking that out and I'm really excited to sort of propose exhibitions that I can have on my own solo exhibitions or other artists that I can sort of work with and we can make a uh, a whole entire show just for that space is really exciting and learning grants I can apply for and on like I love teaching I would love to keep teaching and applying for grants and yeah I'm just excited to show my work well thank you so much for coming in <laughs> thank you today and it was a pleasure to hear about your work thanks for interviewee contact information or to listen to this episode again go to podcasts at cfuv.ca. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Jargon.